0: Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling. I am your host, and I am super excited to invite my guests today. Yes, guests as in plural, folks. I've got Wendy Bright-Fallon and Debbie Peterson with me. They are nationally board certified health and wellness coaches. They are co-authors of two cookbooks. They are co author or co-hosts of a podcast And they are health and wellness coaches, like I said earlier. They've got all kinds of stuff going on. And their mission for the world, folks, is to make the world a healthier place. Now, how awesome is that? That's a nugget of goodness right there that they're tossing out together. So, ladies, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. And this is so fun, having two guests at once. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a party. First, yeah. I want to jump in on your cookbooks because, as an author myself, I'm always just enthralled by what people write and why they write what they do. So I'm just going to toss it to you. You guys can, you know, bandy back and forth, but share with my listeners how it is that you came up with um, cookbooks. Are you chefs? Are you cooks? How'd that all come about?
1: Actually, we're not. We're not either one. And <laughs> that's what. <laughs> so so it's very interesting. We're both. Um, Well, the idea actually came came to us because we were uh, we both had our own practices and we were sharing recipes with each other and sharing, you know, ideas with each other about what we were doing in our practice and one morning I sat up in bed and I was like, I want to do a cookbook and I'm going to call Debbie and I'm going to ask her to co-author it with me. And uh, then we reached out to community and got a bunch of recipes from like-minded practitioners and chefs in the area that we know and love. And we put it together. It was such a fun project that it launched us to become business partners and create nourish coaches. So that's how, that's how it began. And we're actually in the process of uh, developing a third cookbook right now.
0: Awesome. So three
2: cookbooks and neither one of you are chefs or anything. I no. think that's awesome. <laughs> well, and that, and that's really the point because our clients aren't chefs either. And the idea was we want people to be able to make real whole food recipes that are simple not with these obscure ingredients that you when you go to the health food store your eyes glaze over because you have no idea what that is or you buy it and you use it for one recipe and then it sits there for the next three years so the idea was that these are simple recipes that anybody can make and are delicious and you don't have to be a chef to cook them i love that i love that concept because i
0: i'm i'm not one who particularly likes to cook i cook because i have to Mm -hmm. you know to, yeah. to live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I have diabetes. So I have to, in the last year and a half, what, since I was diagnosed with it, I had to shift everything on how I eat, not just what I eat, but how I think about eating. Yeah. So in your cookbooks, do you, is it just your recipes or do you have tips or things in there or are any of the things, uh, directed towards those that might have some sort of underlying health issue?
1: It's really broad. Um, The cookbook does have, uh, in the beginning, it has many of our, a a lot of our philosophy and um, about the importance of organic food and knowing where the animal products are coming from. And it has a section about oils and the different types of oils and how to use them. So there's some, some of our coaching ideas are in the cookbook as well
2: oh awesome yeah and it's not that we talk about um any illnesses or diseases or conditions at all in the cookbook but the idea again like i said it's it's all real whole foods which no matter what you have or what you're suffering from as if you're eating real whole foods you're going in the right direction so it's really and and again we we don't have refined sugar in our cookbook so that's one thing and i know for diabetics sugar is sugar in a lot of ways but it does make it does make some difference, and for people who are maybe pre-diabetic, who who are have high blood sugar, this is a this is a transition time for them to cut back a lot of stuff and and going into using natural sources of sugar and less of it is a big place, a big a big change to make, and so we had that in mind as well. You know, and I was just thinking, is I as
0: I said, I had to completely look at food different and yeah. think about it differently, and that's an emotional thing too. There's a lot of emotions <laughs> in your food. There oh, truly is.
2: Oh yeah, so
1: so much, and it's such a big connector. We, you know, our our life kind of revolves around our celebrations, and um, when we get together with friends, it usually has a component of food. So it's, and because it's so um, uh, such a hot button for so many people, um, we're just trying to we're trying to get people into the kitchen a little bit more we're not saying you've got to, you know home cook three times a day and that sort of thing but just a little bit more the one percent more gets you feeling better right
0: you know there are so many so many little offshoot paths that you guys could take with these cookbooks mm-hmm. got my brain got my brain whirling and they're not even my books <laughs> I am sure. I am sure that both of you ladies have all kinds of ideas. So I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out next, especially with your third cookbook that you're working on. So I want to move on to your podcast. Mm -hmm. Share with my listeners the name of your podcast, why that
2: started and you know, how long you've been doing it. Yeah. So our podcast is nourish noshes and it's on all the platforms out there. Um, and I'm a big podcast listener and so uh years ago and i think it started probably about six years ago now um six or seven years ago i i really should check about when our first one was but i think it was around 2016 or so um and so i really wanted to start a podcast and i and i was bugging wendy about it for a while before she gave in. <laughs> she,
1: she well, dragged me
2: into it yes <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was a great way to get our voices out there because the it you know people can go to our website and see us and they can read our cookbooks and they can read our blogs but the interaction that we have between the two of us you know we're we're soul sisters in a lot of ways and yes. we the way we, we go back and forth and how we talk is is something that people have told us that really works well for us and so having a podcast was a great way to do that plus We love to talk about health so so it was a matter it just with conversations were like we should record that and so that's really how it came about and we it's it's all these topics that come up from our clients it comes up from us it comes up from media there's so there's so much information out there that so many people are confused about so we want to help people understand really what it most of it is pretty simple and so we try to simplify it for everyone to say listen you're going to get 15,000 answers about your one question about how do I lose weight or how do I sleep better or you know what's going on in my health and you know it's it's not that it's always simple but a big part of it is and so a lot of our podcast is about simple ways to not easy but simple ways right. <laughs> to get a hold of your health and to really take charge and have and have agency in how you feel
0: What's one of the the main topics that folks might, because you're coaches as well. Um, So what's one of the main topics that your clients might come to you with? Like a hot hot button topic that you see an awful lot of.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Most, many, about half of our clients come to us because of weight uh, concerns. They want to, and they've done all these other programs and 30 day this and say, okay, I'm finally ready because I know this is something I need to do for the rest of my life. I need to really reset myself. Um, but a lot of what we do is talk with people about habits. I mean, that's really the hot button is getting our habits reshaped so that we can feel better. That's the bottom line. And so that is where most of our coaching it lands is in the habits. What do we need to adopt and what can we let go of?
2: and accountability. So, oh, yeah. a lot of people can easily make changes and the 30-day programs, the 21-day programs, the this the that, they all change their habits pretty easily doing that. But the matter is once they're not under someone's authority or someone's eyes saying with the program with a structure saying this is what you do, they lose they lose it. So, accountability is a big part of it and learning how they can keep themselves accountable is real ultimately how we end up because we we would like to make ourselves extinct to be honest you know as far as coaching goes mm-hmm. that's that's we would love for the world to be a healthier place that they don't need us the fact that we need health and wellness coaches i think our grandparents
1: would be like what what do you do
2: you're making yeah. a living off
1: of that what right. so <laughs> yeah well and unfortunately the pandemic really brought out how how ill and how we're walking around not feeling well. And so many people get confused about what to do. They just get, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of people telling people what to do. And that is a little bit of a different, you know, as coaches, we don't tell people what to do. We're looking to have them self-create their own health journey. And that's that's, you know, we're in partnership with them. And each person is, is, is different. Each
0: person's, you know, health journey is different or how they eat due to what their, their life is, you know, where they live also plays a big part in Mm -hmm. what you eat and how you eat. I know just for me, and I can only use me. When I had to completely shift my whole mindset on how I look at food and eat food, first off it was, Oh my gosh, how can I have this rare form of diabetes I've never been overweight. I'm tall and thin. What the heck's going on? So I had like all these like little mental issues, you know, anger going on. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, when I would look at food, I would get mad about food. (laughs) And so it became this swirl in my head. And I know I cannot be the only person that's ever been through this, but I would look at a bowl of cereal and I'm like, I can't even eat Cheerios because there's too many carbohydrates in there. So every, all food became evil to me,
1: yeah. you know, yeah.
0: and it took a while to get through. I'm like, well, I can't eat that. I can't eat that. I can't eat that. Then it took a while for my brain. I did reach. I had to reset my brain. And of course, talk to a nutritionist and my doctor and the endocrinologist, you know, that whole team of people to help me get through. But it, ultimately it was up to me. I had to change my mindset. I had to sit there and say and it was funny because I almost had to like talk myself into it. I love Brussels sprouts. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so I'd look at them in the store and I'm like, you're really healthy for me. And all that green stuff is supposed to be really good for what I have. Okay. I'm going to love you now. I'm going to love Brussels sprouts more. Okay. I'm going to love asparagus. And those were things that I'd never typically purchased. So I started messing around on how to cook things and do different. And I'm like, gosh, I really do like Brussels sprouts. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a
1: beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. And I, I I love that you switched your mindset to experimenting, you know, because that, that is such a mindset shift just to say, all right, let's just experiment. I, I haven't made these before. What does it really taste like? Um, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it certainly isn't easy because I, I have my
0: days where I'm like, I just want pizza. Darn it. I just want pizza.
2: Yep. <laughs> you know? so, and I have to say that the bit here's the challenge in our society and in the last 50, 60, 70 years or whatever it is that marketing and, and food industry at, came in and started advertising and started making money off of not broccoli, not Brussels sprouts, and not asparagus. They were making money on pizza and donuts and whatever Serious. else, all the stuff that you gotta stay away from for exactly that. And so that's in our face all the time. It's as soon as you walk into the supermarket, it's the first thing you see. You turn on the TV, it's the first commercial there is. It's around us all the time. And so, one thing that i i want to say is people beat themselves up about it people are 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 so upset with themselves about not being able to to eat the right thing the right quote thing you know that why can't why can't i like broccoli why can't because we're not trained to we're there's there's nothing out there that encourages us except for people like wendy and me to eat real whole foods it's and it's not sexy it's not sexy hey You want some brussels sprouts you know it's people are like uh, you know i'd much rather like a latte cafe mochaccino whatever they are
0: you know exactly exactly
1: yeah
2: Yeah. well
0: the mindset the mindset shift that is a process i mean it truly is and how you said we are basically trained at least our generation yeah now those prior to us totally different But our generation and forward, we are trained because that's all we see. It's like you said, it's in our face all the time. So to, to all of a sudden say, well, no, I actually don't want cereal. I'd rather have a bowl of fruit with a little, maybe a little bit of granola on there. Yeah. You know, it's, that's just not your typical because of our fast paced society and the way people's lives are. You've got both parents working from home now. They're rushing to get out the door to get the kids dressed and out the door. You got dogs pooping on the living room floor. You got to clean that up. Oh, I don't have time. (laughs) So you're in this constant level of stress, especially when you're a young family and you're raising kids and you're like, I'll just give them chicken nuggets and fries before we have to go to soccer practice.
2: Yeah. You know,
0: so what are some tips For those folks that, well, it could be for anybody. It doesn't have to be young people with kids still at home. Those things, if you do have a stressful work, you're finding it hard to make a good uh, work-life balance. There's a lot of stress involved there for whatever reason. Do you have any tips that you could share with the listeners on those quick things that they could always have on hand or prepare in advance so when they are rushing from meeting to meeting, they have something to grab and it's not a Snickers bar?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the things that on my personal journey I started doing was um, cooking once and eating twice. I mean, just making double the amount and storing it. So, you know, you make a pot of rice and you double it and you make, you know, uh, egg muffins instead of just you know, eggs every day, you're making a whole set of egg muffins for the week. Um, and really batch cooking is one of the best things. And also, I think too people say that um that it, it's a pain to go shopping, right? And now you can get it delivered to your door. I mean, that is no longer an excuse for people. You can just go online and order your groceries online. And so you know, that, that, that makes it easier as well. So having, having the food in the house is like the, the the most simple step, but we, we find excuses to not, not have that. So um, those are a couple. couple
2: So the the one thing is, is planning, like she's saying, yes. So you, you do have to plan. You really can't get around that without, to, to truly have real whole foods and, and eat in a nutritious way planning is necessary so by batch cooking and cooking once for, for two meals absolutely and the planning ahead of that is 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 necessary but the other big thing that i have to say and she touched on that is to look at your stories around food so if 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 you have a story about oh i i never i never do that or i don't know how to do that i don't know how to cook ahead of time or I'm not very good at batch cooking, whatever, whatever your story is around food, your limiting belief story that's keeping you from doing what you want to do, question that, think about what, what are the stories that I'm telling myself and are they really true? And how can I change that? How can I rewrite my story? Like I said, that's the agency we have. We have a choice to rewrite our story.
0: So. And as an author, I love hearing that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
1: yes 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 because we
0: all have to throughout our life we're constantly not maybe not rewriting our story but we're changing revising yes we're revising the story you know (laughs) because gosh there's different pages and there's chapters in a book for a reason because Mm -hmm. it progresses your story progresses
1: (laughs) and one other thing that I think happens to so many people when they are kind of looking looking at food looking at their health one and i don't know when this recording is actually going to come out but we're we're recording in january and so many people take on new habits in january right wrong or indifferent that's not the point the point is we often bite off too much we often set really huge goals for ourselves and huge expectations on ourselves and Let's let's dial it back and make it doable and repeatable and have some pleasure in it as well. And so those are some of the things that we help clients unpack because we, we don't want food to be boring. We don't want to eat the same thing every night. I, so it's it's uh, constantly being curious about what can I do? What's the one little thing that I could do to help myself feel better?
0: You know, I like how you said that to constantly be curious. I wish that that would have been said to me, those words used, Kim, just be more curious about the food that you're looking at and that you're thinking about eating instead of being angry that you can't eat these foods anymore. Be curious. I mean, literally having someone tell you that instead of just showing me the, the picture of the diabetic plate. And I, you know, that's, Everybody knows what the diabetic plate is this portion of this and this. And I'm like, well, sure. You just showed me a picture of food on a plate. And a lot of that food, I don't really like. So there was, I guess I like how you said that. Be curious about it. That's, that's awesome. You should make a bumper sticker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think one of the things I'm hearing you say too, is that you Um, And I think this is a natural thing. When you got diagnosed, the very first thing that happened is you were shown a a list of foods you were not allowed to have anymore. So it went immediately to deprivation and can't and restriction. And our rebel in us wants to, I mean, of course you were angry and you were mad and food became kind of like this because we needed to survive. Like it was a love hate relationship. I'm, I'm assuming, and your journey continues with that. And so one of the things Debbie and I really coach on is what can we add in to crowd out instead of using the deprivation now for you, because you've got a diagnosis, your, your boundaries need to be a lot tighter, (laughs) you know? So, um. but yeah, it's, But just because my boundaries are tighter
0: doesn't mean that how I look at food and the types of food I bring into my house, how that can't expand. Yes. You know what I've, this is one thing I've done and I've done a lot of it is I watch YouTube videos, cooking YouTube videos, and I've found all kinds of really cool recipes with different vegetables and uh, beans and all kinds of stuff like that. And so I'm slowly finding things. Like I said, when I go into the store, I'll stand there in front of the freezer section because freeze frozen vegetables are better than the canned vegetables because they're flash freezed and they have more nutrients. I have learned so much stuff. I could be a health and wellness coach. <laughs> no, not really. I couldn't. But my my thing, I guess, is when I stand in front of the freezer section, and of course I'm, you know, I'm a label reader. I read all what's in there and how many carbohydrates and how many sugars. I've learned that, okay, I can make that and I can just cut this part out or cookies, desserts. I was never big into super sweet stuff, but I really do like cookies. And I will make cookies and I like homemade cookies. So I'll make cookies, but I literally will cut in half or even go down to a quarter of what the sugar is called for. Yeah. Or I use something else that's natural as a sugar replacement because you can put honey in.
2: Oh, yeah. And cinnamon really sweetens things. So there's a lot
0: of things that folks can do, whether you're diabetic or not. Right. Your your food's still going to taste good, but it is hard. It is hard to look at food, especially if you have a diagnosis of some sort to look at food is not your enemy. Yeah. But it could be actually kind of fun. You know, you wouldn't you'd be amazed at how many different ways I make Brussels sprouts now. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's lovely we would love to hear about that
0: <laughs> have you ever have you ever tried the smushed Brussels sprouts you smush, no. them. smush them you boil them and then you smush them into a patty and then you do uh salt pepper and uh garlic and then you like broil them and then you put a little tiny bit of parmesan on and broil them again
2: Ooh, that sounds delicious oh yum! me I goodness I love
1: it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make that for dinner tonight. <laughs>
2: oh, they're good. I, I made
0: them at Thanksgiving. My sister said, you know, bring one of your Brussels sprout things. I'm like, oh, I've got a new one I want to try. And everybody's at first people were like, oh, are those stuffed mushrooms? <laughs> I went, no, they're Brussels it. sprouts. And everybody's faces went, oh. <laughs> you
1: know? I'm like, no, try. You've got to uh, try yeah, one. No. Well, this is something that's interesting. We talk a lot uh, with our clients about this as well, is that our taste buds have been hijacked by all of the artificial ingredients and all of the heightened sugars. I mean, here in the United States, and in, our our peanut butter has three times as much sugar in the United States than they do in, in Europe. And what we, well, you know, peanut butter should just have peanuts and salt in it, period. You know, so... Our, our our taste buds really have been hijacked, and so we need to really be patient with ourselves in the transition period with, you know, with with bringing real whole food. Because an apple, if you're used to a lot of sugar sugary foods, an apple just doesn't taste very good. You know, it's kind of bland. Right. But once you let go of the, uh, the addictive sugar habit, the, the apple is just amazing and it's so sweet and so tasty. So people really, yeah, our, our taste buds need to be allowed to transition. I'm glad that, you, I'm glad that, 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 that. that. <laughs> you
0: brought up taste buds because yeah. it made my brain start going another direction in the past several years with COVID people lose their taste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost my taste for seven months.
2: Wow.
0: Wow. Now that was hard. I lost my smell and my taste for seven months. I had a very, very, very mild case at the very beginning. And I work from home. So it was just me and my dog. So I wasn't around people. I'm like, how in the world did I even get it? Well, probably from my groceries, you know, out in the store. But I lost my smell and my taste. That's very hard to eat anything when you can't taste it or smell it. So have you had folks coming over the past two, two and a half years with issues like that? Because there's, there is such a thing as that long-term COVID, those long-term, you know, those things, side effects that last for a long time. Seven months is a long time to not taste anything.
2: Yeah. No wow, yeah.
0: Yeah. So have you had, have you had uh, clients coming to you
2: with something like that? Not really, to be honest, we haven't had a whole lot of that um but that would that would exasperate the 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 going for the super flavors that that are out there because maybe you have a little bit and then you so of course you grab for the stuff that has a lot of taste in it and so it right. was a challenge yeah yeah well it, so no we haven't unfortunately I mean fortunately we have not although those people are out there for sure um we did a whole podcast on hijacking your taste buds and that's that's one of those things, because I think people again, people beat themselves up. Why do I crave sugar so much? Why Why do I? Why? Why can't I give that up? Why can't why do I have to have that? You know, why do when I pass McDonald's I have to go in? And that's exactly why, because they're they're hijacked and and it it comes down to our biology. I, I like to say, let's forgive ourselves, because it's our physiology, our biology that's making us crave all these things. It's natural and normal. The, what the scientists come up with to feed us those things is not natural and normal, right? <laughs> because exactly. those, those flavors used to be really, really hard to get back in, you know, a thousand years ago, they were even less than that, but those were so hard to get that we had to seek them out. And that physiology is still there. We're still seeking it out, but it's everywhere and it's, and the volume on it is turned up besides being everywhere. So right. of course we want it.
1: And it's not so convenient. It's it's convenient too. It's so convenient to, but so is grabbing an apple, right? But we're <laughs> so not that way.
0: We weren't trained that way. That's right. No, yeah, there's we no commercials about it. apples. No, <laughs> fresh fruit. Period. Unless they're putting it in a, a juice, right? right. And right. yeah, no. Oh, see, you don't think about that very often. Yeah. You know, another thing that popped in my head, ladies, as I know, just as females. As we are, you know, we go into different phases in our life. Our hormones change tremendously, which in turn changes how you taste, you know, the foods and stuff, how literally how things taste. There's a lot of hormones involved in that as well. Have you found that with your clients and how do you address that with them?
1: Yeah, we have. I mean, hormones, uh, those of us of a certain age, right? I mean, (laughs) we... We we've definitely- we rock. First off, we rock.
0: Those of us of a certain age, we, we are rock stars.
1: <laughs> we are we rock, and we've done a couple of podcasts about hormones and perimenopause, and um, it is so interesting what changes in our body, in our taste buds, in our mind, in our environment, and we we love talking to women about adopting a different mindset about the changes that are happening happening in our body that some we can control and some we can't control. And that, that's a huge topic of conversation about letting go of things we can't control and you know what we can control and and what we choose to to buy and put in our body is definitely something we can control. So um, I forget where to go. What was your question? <laughs> I don't
2: know. <laughs> Well, you know, you're talking about how our taste buds change when we, with our hormones changing. It's it's exactly that. It's not just taste buds, it's everything, but yes, it is taste buds. And to me, it's the mindset, just like you said, it's to me, it's like, all right, I'm in a new chapter of my life and let's make this chapter exciting. You know, it's different than the chapter before that. It's different. It's not worse. It's just different. And so it's rediscovering yourself and rediscovering what works for you in this new in this kind of new body in a way and it's really actually pretty exciting i'm finding now that i'm on the other side of menopause i'm finding wonderful things i feel better than i've ever felt in my life to be honest and and a lot of it is my mindset you know yeah of course i can't do what i could do at 20 but i can think a lot better than i could at 20 and it's made my life so much better physically also mentally in so many ways and the curiosity is a big part of it so i might at i might in my younger days been like i don't like that like here's an example i don't like beets i said it i'm confessing i don't like beets i don't <laughs> like them up, either <laughs> growing up i would not have beets i avoided them i avoided them i avoided them as i got older i said you know what they're so they're so nutritious i want to like beets so i've been on a quest to train myself to like beets. So I keep trying beets in different ways and different minds. And I do think slowly, but surely my taste buds are changing towards that. But if I weren't open to doing that, if I weren't curious and finding different ways to find to eat it, I would beets wouldn't be a part of my life. I wouldn't be gaining all the wonderful things that beets have to offer me. I mean, it's such a small scale thing, but there's much bigger things like that that you can be curious about and try.
1: Yeah. And if, and Kim, you said you didn't like beets either. We have a beet hummus recipe that's uh, in one of our blogs. Go just Google beets on my blog, on our blog. And you know, <laughs> she's saying, no, no, no. It's really delicious. Didn't
0: like I'll take, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so funny. But I like how you both have said throughout the show, you've used the word curious. So be curious because you, instead of being angry or stuck, just yeah. be curious. Yep. Yeah. And I want I want to wrap our show up on that. This has been awesome, ladies. And I would absolutely love to have you back on because I have taken notes the whole time we're talking and there's all kinds of stuff I would love to dig into. And I'm sure the listeners could benefit from. <laughs> so if you're open to that, I'd love to have you on again in a few months time. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. Awesome sauce. Awesome sauce. So thank you so much for being on Let Fear Bounce and being my awesome guest today. And everybody out there, thank you for tuning in and listening. Ladies, thank you. Thank you. And I hope you have a blessed day.
2: Our pleasure. Our pleasure.
0: Everybody out there, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langley, your host. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed.